Good morning to everyone tuning in live and everyone that'll listen back. It's a very special episode of Tree Talk, episode 200, which takes us back nearly four years to the end of 2018. And we just missed the first Limerick success, but we've been laden in success since then. Limerick obviously completing a three in a row earlier this year. And on today's episode, we will look back on, I suppose, the top 10 moments or 10 of the best moments from that time period from November 2018 to today. Um, but first, as always, we'll get to our local action. We've another feast of hurling this weekend. We obviously had the fourth round and fifth round from intermediate at the weekend, and we have the final round in a lot of those championships this weekend. We had the quarterfinals in the ladies' football, and we have the final round of the Camogie to look forward to. So stay tuned for all that and more. Impression again, we get all of what you put into it's like a walk of life. If you're good enough, go and get it, no more about it. Your mother sends you down to the shop for a pound worth of goods and she gives you 50 pence. You can't get the pounds worth of goods, can you? Just about kept in. Oh, well, it's Charlie Buckley. To do that to Tomas O'Shea, he deserves to score from here. One of the highlights of the second game. Limerick went out there from the war court today. No more about him. They made all the run. That was it. Put the ball over the barrel, the fact of it, and that's it. No ifs, no buts. Sympathy in this game for anybody. I suppose, Matt, four years. Uh, where does the time go? You've been there since the very start yourself and Raf when it was only an audio podcast. And then I came along during the, I suppose, around the COVID time and we went to video and everything. And it's really blossomed since then. But I suppose when you started back in November, Limerick had obviously won the All Ireland. You know, it was a great time, but you couldn't have envisaged what was to come. Not only for the Limerick senior hurlers, but also the footballers who were, you know, very loyal at the time and had so much underage success and individual success and in, in all sports around the GA. It's just been an incredible few years. I should look. This has been an incredible odyssey, Jack. Um, you really have to pinch yourself and um, um, to to believe that it's true. And you know, we'll be, we'll be looking back. Basically, that's what we'll be doing with our ten moments over over that period. And I, I suppose it will give a sense of what has been achieved in that time. Um, it, 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 it has been simply phenomenal because, like, to think that we were 45 years without without an All-Ireland, it's, it's like the buses, you know, waiting all day for one and then a couple of them come, you know. Um, 45 <laughs> years waiting for an, for an All-Ireland and then four of them come in five years, you know, and um, you, you, you just wonder... Um, um, in, in 2019, in that semi-final, could, could we be talking about a five in a row at this stage? Um, but yeah. uh, look, we, we'll take what we have. There's there's no changing of that now. But um, it it has been simply phenomenal, Jack. It it has been phenomenal. Like and the mood and the, the mood among the the, the GA family in the county is is at an all-time high and and rightly so. I I I think people have. have a lot of people are struggling, um, of my vintage anyway, Jack, to come to terms with exactly what has been achieved. Uh, we have to pinch ourselves ever so often and say, is this for real? There was like 45 years of failure. No, well, 40, I, I hate using the word failure. 
45 years of frustration and disappointment would be more like it. Um, there were a number of, of false dawns in that period. Uh, you had 98, uh, you 1980, 94, 96, 2007. And, and um, you know, when it all came together in 2018, Jack, it was very, very special. And what has happened in the last three years, Jack, in, 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 in for half a century, Jack, in Limerick, that was unimaginable. Yeah, it's it's still, as you said, it's still hard to come to terms with like all the success that those lads have brought on us. And I, it's a nice segue into, I suppose, the news yesterday. They released a jersey, um, I suppose, a unique, special jersey. And uh, there it is, modeled by Darren Burns, Keen Lynch, and Kyle Hayes. A chance, I suppose, to get your name on a Limerick training jersey. They're going to wear it in the warm ups for the, the Munster Hurling League, which they're currently the the champions in uh, they won against Clare there this year but I suppose you can see the kind of white marks um on the jersey that's names of people um if you subscribe to the jersey you get a jersey yourself your name will be on it along with all other subscribers you get a Limerick beanie hat and a letter from John Kiley and Declan Hannon and I suppose it just the, the funds raised from the jersey will go back into into the players funds um into the holiday fund I think and look these lads deserve all the holidays in the world for what they've brought to Limerick over the last few years, as we were talking about there. Well, well, Jack, for 45 years, if we could uh, subscribe to a jersey that would get us, help us to get an All-Ireland, um, we would have gladly done so. Um, these lads have got us four All-Irelands. If, if, if any group of players deserve a holiday, and a good holiday, Jack, it's this group of players. And I would appeal to people just to buy this jersey and, and to, to, you know, it, it, it it's it's a way of saying to the lads, lads, thank you for for what you have been done. You you you've taken us to a place where we could only dream of. Mm. And you must remember, Jack, and I I I, 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 I make this point very very often, and and um, will continue to make point like that. These lads, the, the level of sacrifice that these lads um, uh, make and, and uh, to to. Basically, for our well, you know, to get honours themselves, but for all our gratification, and um, like they put their lives on hold for six months every year, and um, to devote their time to being the best they can for their county, and then they, they have to turn and 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 throw in their lot with their clubs. But like you must remember, when we're sitting down watching our television. And enjoying whatever we watch on television. I don't watch much of it, to be honest. But um, a lot of people do are doing whatever we are in the in the months of January, February. These lads very very often are out of the cold and the wet, preparing for um, the summer and preparing to give us as much enjoyment and as much pleasure as they can from the game of hurling. And this is an opportunity to give something back to them. Yeah, and I, I think I think it's just it's it's just deserved, I suppose, for those lads as you say for for the hard work they put in. So for anyone that's able to describe the jersey, you would appeal to them to do so. But um, it, I suppose it just goes to show that the return of the Limerick Hurlers isn't that far away. Like I mean, we're only I suppose four months max um till we see them back in action, even less. But you know, you were talking about there about the success success we have. And it goes back to the players in Limerick, and we saw a feast of hurling at the weekend. I know we'll touch on it more in depth, but like some of the play from individual players in the senior championship, 
has been exemplary. And I suppose at the weekend in the fourth round, um, I'll just go through the, the results. And we'll start with the senior championship, um, as we always do. Um, in Group 1, Napiershig have topped the table, 220 to 13 point winners over a dare. Uh, Kilmallock kept up the pace, 122 to 116 winners over a hand, and so did Dune with that late, late win over Patrick's well, 219 to 121. Um, Patrick Cummins, last minute goal. And we'll stay with, with Senior A for, for a second, Matt, there. And I suppose the results of the weekend offer up some very, very interesting clashes this weekend. Um, all six teams can still go through, which I think is great going into the final round. Now, some of it's more unlikely than others. We know in a Pierce are in a semi-final. That's grand. But starting with Dune versus Kilmallock, winner takes all clash this Sunday or in Fedamore. You know, winners there and you're joined the Pierce in the semi-final. If you lose, like potential for a treacherous quarter-final, you know, it's one, it's it's a knockout tie, really. I know neither team will be knocked out as such, but like, You'd want to get one on over another because there's a high chance that they'll meet again somewhere down the line. It's really promised to be a cracker, Matt. Yeah, I suppose it's 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 the standout fixture of of, of the, the the weekend. And uh, now all the DA games are on Sunday evening at two thirty. They were originally scheduled for four o'clock, but that has been changed to two thirty. Um, <coughs> there's something riding on all th- on all three games. Um, all, all, all six teams have something to play for. All six teams have 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 the potential, possibly, to making it to to the. Well, of course, three of the knockout places, Jack, are spoken for. In that, mm. uh, the Pirtik, no matter what happens, they're in the semi-final. Kilmallock and Dune, no matter what happens, they're in the quarter-final. But whoever wins that game, that mouth-watering game down in Fedemar on 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 Sunday evening, they will be through to the semi-final. Now I saw both sides over over the weekend. Um, Kilmallock have put on very very um, impressive performances. I think in in the campaign to date, I I I, I think the performance against um, uh, Dune was certainly wouldn't rank up there with him. With, with the with the very good performances, I I, I thought was slightly less than impressive performance. Um, they went into the game as raging hot favourites in the first seven minutes. They had a goal and four points on on on, on the scoreboard, but after that, a uh, hand dug in, um, led by Tom Morrissey, who who was simply phenomenal and ended the game with a goal and ten points, um, which 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 is incredible. And they they really made it difficult for Kilmallock. And at one stage, um, facing the 50th minute, there was only two points between the sides. And briefly for a minute or two, that one got the sense of, hey, there may, there may be a, an upset on here. But 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 Kilmallock regrouped and and saw out the game. But I I don't think Kilmallock will be entirely happy with with with, with the performance. Um, it certainly wasn't their best performance, um, but in total, I suppose, in 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 the greater scheme of things, they 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 will probably be happy to get that type of performance out of their system and out of their way their way. Now, they face a Dune side who were pushed extremely extremely hard by by um, Patrick Swayland, like. People have been writing the, the Patrick's well hurling obituary 
um, over the last couple of weeks. And th th there was a certain element of justification to it due, due to their uh, appalling performances, you would have to say, against uh, against the Kilmalik and against Napierci. Um, but this 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 was the reincarnation of the the the, the, the Patrick's well of old. Um, we saw that it it was led by Aaron Galan and, and Dermot Burns, who who were simply absolutely immense, and like they 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 will be they're very very disappointed um, that they didn't win the game because it was level um, in injury time. Patrick's well sent over um, uh, Calvin Carroll sent over a point. Dermot Burns added to it. They went two clear right at the death in the 67 minutes. It was Patrick Cummins who came up and got the goal. Um, the saviour for Dune and and and, and clinched the win for for Dune. It it was a very very good game. I was in my view and and from what I'm hearing and I was at four of the senior games at the weekend. It it, it was without doubt the game of the weekend. Now Dune are on the complete side and they they were without Adam English. But um um uh, their game with Kilmallock will be ex extremely. It it'll be it'll be a huge test of Dune. Um. We 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 will know exactly where where they are. Now they 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 really put it up. We say um, they're one of the the teams that have been in the semi-finals for the last four years. Um, they really put it up to Napierschik, and they just got over the line against Patrick's well, and now they will have another severe test against Kilmallock. Yeah. Um, I Kilmallock are more of the form team coming into the game, as you said. Um, and obviously they beat them in last year's semi-final, a game that Dune were fancied for. So I suppose that will linger over them as well. But as you said, you know, both teams are true anyway, but it, it is a chance to lay, lay down a marker. Um, and I'll get your prediction at the end. But similarly, Patrick's Well and Adair meeting a really fascinating clash, you know, and you could be in a quarterfinal as easy as you could be relegated um, for those teams. Mm -hmm. Obviously, a hand in the Pearshig playing the other game, as we said, in the Pearshig will top the group. If a hand beat um, the Pearshig and Pashwell beat Adair, then a hand will be relegated. If Adair win and a hand win, then Pashwell will be relegated, which is a hard team to consider. But just on Pashwell no. versus Adair. <laughs> Just on a point of clarification with regard to relegation, if two teams finish on the same points, it's a playoff. It doesn't go head-to-head? -head. No, it's a playoff. I have, I've spoken with the county secretary in the week about it and got clarification. If two teams at the bottom, and the same goes for the Premier Intermediate, um, if, if two teams... You know, the, the, the Intermediate is different because you have two groups, so the yeah. relegation final is between the bottom side and each group. But the, the relegation, the relegation from Section A, if two teams finish um, level on points, it's a playoff. The same okay. in Section B, it, it, it doesn't apply in Section B for this year anyway, because unfortunately Black Rock are gone. And the same will apply for um, intermediate hurling. If, for instance, um, Nokeni can extricate themselves out of the position that they're in and maybe finish level with the side that's immediately above them, then that will go to a playoff. Okay, so that means that if a hand of their level at the moment, if both of them lose, um, they'll end up being a playoff. If they both win, they'll pass Parswell, so we know playoff. But um, on Parswell versus Adair, like they, it has been quite a close game. 
in recent years, um, like, you know, they're, they're near enough to each other. Patchwell seemed at the weekend, it was definitely their best performance of the year. They should have beaten Dune. Um, I think they should have probably hauled someone down on, in that last play. But look, they seem to be more in their groove. But Adair will... It's a huge chance for Adair. And it's a chance to break that monopoly. Um, and we're not discounting a hand, but their task is more difficult when they play in the Piercing. But, you know, Patchwell has to be favoured. But we could see the monopoly broken this weekend if Adair can get over the line. And there, there has been some glimpses of their performance. They have been a bit porous at the back. Which, if they can tighten up, they do have scorers going forward. And obviously, they have Declan Hannon at centre-back. Um, the best centre back in the country, so I mean, it is it is a really fascinating kind of game. It is a fascinating game, and uh, you know the history between the sides has also been been fascinating. And um, if 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 we don't have to look very far back, only to last year's quarter final, when it when it took the late intervention of Jason Gillan, which was at four points, bang bang bang. Um, <sighs> In, in in as many minutes that 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 rescued it for Patrick's well when Adair looked like as if they were they were they were heading for a semi final, and uh, you know it's a cliche to say that form goes out the window when certain clubs meet, but it it really applies in this one, Jack. They're very very close neighbours. They're very 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 keen rivals, and it, it is very 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 hard to call what what might transpire between them, and uh, or what the outcome of the result might be, and. <clears throat> based and based on their performance alone um, against the, the the against Dune last weekend, um, the scales would seem to be tipping in favour of, of of Patrick's. Well, that they may be about to find them um, um, some sort of forum. And Adair Jack, for the most part this year, have been disappointing. They they've been disappointing. Um. um like you know, they 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 got a desperate swimming from Kilmallock. Um, they got a great start against them. Got a great start against Dune, and you know Dune just came back and blew them out out of the water. I I, I think it's challenging times for it there, and um, I I I I think you're right when you say that a hand's task is bigger, but. I think if if the Patrick's well that I saw last Saturday evening turns up um, at the weekend, it's going to be very, very challenging for a dare as well, I'm afraid. Yeah, it, look, it's, it's obviously going to be challenging. Like, Patrick's well, we're in a county final um, last November. Like, it's not that long ago. And, you know, we mentioned every week, but losing Keen Lynch has obviously played its part. But... You know, it's there. There's a, there's a huge chance for there. Like, it's rare enough that, you know, there has been a discrepancy between the top four and the next two. And it's rare enough that one of those bottom two teams have had the chance in the final round. But that's Adair's. And it'll be interesting to see how that game plays out. Those games, as you said, are on this Sunday at half two. It's Hand versus Piercic in Kilmallock. Dune versus Kilmallock in Fedemore. And Adair versus Patchwell in Eskeaton. Um, again, all those thrown in at half two. Then moving into Group Two, Matt, and I, I will get your predictions for all those games that are on. Like it's, <laughs> I know I've used the word fascinating a number of times, but like looking at this table, Bally Brown and Kilian Palace Henry are both on six points. Then Gareth Bland, South Liberties, and Munger St Pauls are on four. As you mentioned, Black Rock have been relegated, but there is a scenario where we have five teams on six points, and you'll have both quarterfinals 
and the promoted team going through on points differential um for that to work munger st paul's have to beat black rock south liberties play belly brown if they win and gary Stoulan also be kp there'll be five teams on six points and then you get your calculators out um they're like Kalaya Palace Kennedy and Bally Brown will both be favoured to come through their games, but you know, it does say a lot for the competition that there is a chance for five of the six teams to go through on the final day. It does, it does. It, 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 it's, it's, it's absolutely fascinating. But looking at that graphic, it would appear that if, in that scenario of, of five clubs finishing on six points, that it would be still advantage Bally Brown and, and um, Kildime in terms of scoring difference. Um, uh, Mungret St. Paul's would be at a disadvantage in, in, in were it to end up with with five sixes in that they're minus 14 as far as I think Jack is can, can we just look at the graphic again I'll get the graphic up there if you know it yeah you yeah. see you, you have you have Valley Brown on a whopping plus 26 you have Kildaimo plus 16 um, uh, Gary Spillane plus 2 Liberty's minus six, Mungret St. Paul's minus 14. So were you to end up in that scenario, it would be very, very hard to dislodge Bally Brown and Kildaimo out of the um, out, out of the top two spots. Um, but in, 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 that, in that scenario, um, were Bally Brown and Kildaimo to win this weekend? Uh, Kildaimo would go up as, as would be promoted to Section A for 2023. But where all, all five teams to end up in six points? It could change the dynamic, and Belly Brown have a slight advantage in that at the moment. Yeah. And yeah. It, it might be Belly Brown would be playing Section A next year. So it, it, it's an absolutely fascinating weekend. Um, like it, it, it's, it's, a, it's a one that's hard to call. It's one that you would absolutely dream of. Um, and but it, it gives you an idea of of the sense of how even the teams are in in that particular group. And as I said last year, last week, um, now Blackrock suffered a heavy defeat at the time of Palace Kenry. Like there was a couple of games there that were only beaten. So, like you know, the 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 story with a bit of look could have been different for them, you know. Yeah, it, it really could have, but I suppose that's just just the way the way it falls. Um, you know, it it's just there's an awful lot going on in in that group, and I suppose to take them individually, uh, Bally Brown, you'd have to fancy against South Liberty. South Liberty's were beaten by Munger St Pauls the weekend. I was at that game. That was also a very very good game. A very late Rory Duff score won it for Munger St Pauls. But Bally Brown got back to winning ways against Gary Spillane. You were at that. Um, were you impressed with them after losing against KP the previous round? No, I was not. I, I, I wasn't as impressed with them as I was earlier in the campaign. Now, they were down. They were down Stevie O'Reilly, Tomas O'Connor, Josh Adams and um, Andy Cliff, which is quite quite a substantial amount to be down. Um, but like, like, like the situation was, Jack, that with, with, with um, 15 minutes to go, um, Garrespillan did by three points. Um, Belly Brown were, were reduced to 14 players with the dismissal of Colin Coughlin. And it looked on a plate for Garrespillan. But it was then that we saw the best of Belly Brown. 
And I ask myself the question, like, why did I need um, something like that to be the catalyst to really get going? Now, they moved Ed O'Connor to, to um, out around midfield. And it, it was a riot, the Rovers' performance by him. He was absolutely outstanding. Brian Griffin started winning primary possession in the half-forward line. And they, they, they landed over seven unanswered points. It was kick-started by a long-range point, and we were talking about him off-air, by Mikey Gavin. Mike, Mikey Gavin stepped in at centre-half back in, in place of Stevie O'Reilly. And um, uh, for the second or third time this year that I've seen Bally Brown, I have been hugely impressed by, by Mikey Gavin. Um, but um, they, they, um, they, they, they landed seven points without reply. And the, the, the solitary reply from Gary Spillane in that spell was, Literally the last book of the game, Dylan O'Shea sent over a long-range point. So, um, uh, you know, you say to me, was I impressed with, with Bally Brown? Um, very unimpressed for 45 minutes, very impressed with him for 15 minutes. But why can why can we not see it for the hour? Yeah, they'll need it. They'll need it for the hour this weekend uh, with South Liberties um, in tow because South Liberties, to their credit, um, they started really well against Mungers in Clahan last Friday. Um, they were ahead at the half. Um, Mungers got through level where Brian Amara goal midway through the first half, but then South Liberties pulled away again and it, it was kind of going that way in the first half. Then Mungers went five clear and South Liberties got a goal. Barry Nashville, nice flick to the net and they pulled clear again. They were they were level again, and it was a brilliant game, no, in fairness. And as I said, it was a Rory Duff point with one of the last pucks of the game. He won his own puck out over on the sideline, straight over the bar. But South Liberties did show, like, you know, that, that why they were up there. A win would have put them level on six points with KPE and Bally Brown, you know. So they will be a difficult chance for Bally Brown this weekend, and I'll, I'll get your prediction for that in a while. Um, the other game then, obviously, was KPE and Blackrock, which we were both at on Saturday afternoon and these teams met in the permanent immediate final in 2019 and KP were favoured at the time they finished level in the first day and the replay was won by Blackrock and Blackrock have stayed up in the senior ranks for the three years they're obviously back down to permanent immediate for next year but the growth in Kalima Palace Kennery in that time and, and you can't talk about the game without talking about Kyle Hayes which 10 points from play which I've never seen before but all over the field Matt they were just pure dominant well, the, I, I make a general point about um, and I, I, um, about uh, Kildama Palace Kenry. Like um, the, the the trajectory is upwards, and it's steadily upwards. Like if you go back as far as twenty seventeen when they won the intermediate championship, um, beaten um, beaten semi finalists in the Premier the following year, beaten finalists the, the in the Premier the following year. Uh, champions the following year, uh, first year back up senior last year consolidated. Now on the threshold um, of definitely making it to the quarterfinals, and and probably and the balance of probability um, making it uh, to section A for next year. It, it it's just simply phenomenal, Jack and. Um, I, I was just talking with one or two of the, 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 the Kildaimo players immediately after the game last Saturday. And, um, you know, I, I was just making the point to them that, you know, the Kildaimo Palace team this year, Jack, 
is a couple of notches better than the Kildama Palace-Kenbury team that, that were taking baby steps and tentatively um, finding their way in, in, in Singer Hurling last year. They have adopted the consolidation period is over. They're now driving on. And um, certainly, I, I, I think that Kildama Palace-Kenbury will, will be... They, 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 if they're to make to the quarterfinals, and I, I think it'll be a massive surprise, and will be, we'll have to have a seismic um, set of results at the weekend to prevent them from doing so. They're going to make life difficult for whoever they play. Yeah, definitely. They're a very, very, a very, very decent side, and of course, then that there, there is that special one, the great one, Kyle Hayes. Yeah, I, I don't know. Do you want to talk about his 10 points now or do you want to, to wait a while? Because, I mean, I've never seen a player score 10 from play. I, I, um, I'll, wait, I'll, wait, I'll wait a while to another segment in the programme because as <laughs> as, as, I, as I've given you the heads up, we, I, I'll be talking about it later. Yeah. yeah, and obviously John Chalk again with another goal back-to-back weeks. He also saved a penalty mm-hmm. as well. I think with, did I see it was his 26th year with, with KP and we were talking to him afterwards and obviously he's seen... KP going from very lower levels now on the brink of senior A, and you know for whichever teams come out of that that um that second tier, we'll say Group Two, whoever gets doing in Kilmallock really, you know, you'd imagine it's a very difficult task. But for the the fourth team, the team that won't be coming in with a huge bank of form behind them, there's a huge chance to, I suppose, upset the odds in a way. Um, what you were talking about there about potential for upsets. The thing with Kildare Palace Kenry is they're playing Gary Spillane. So Gary Spillane know if they can win by enough, you know, that they can turn the odds in their favour and turn it against KP. Mm-hmm. But um it it is it is a tall order. Those games, South Liberty's Bally Brown, they're all on Saturday at five o'clock. Uh South Liberty's Bally Brown um in Fedamore, Blackrock versus Munger St. Paul's in Ballet Grand and Gary Spillane versus Kildare Palace Kenry in Carrick on Leash. Um, brilliant games to look forward to. We'll talk more when we get to predictions, but quickly um, on to the Premier Intermediate Hurling uh, Championship. And we had a string of results over the weekend that have changed the table once more. And Captain Morby, Knockaney to move on to four points. FN beat Glenroo 125 to 215, which means that uh, Newcastle West win over Brough. And Monlin's draw with Drumlack means there's a three-way tie now at the top. Glenroo on seven, Monlin on seven, and so are Newcastle. Then you've Effin on six, Brough on five, Capamore on four, Drumlack on three, and Knockaney at the bottom on one point. And just looking at the fixtures this weekend, Knockaney versus Monlin, Brough versus Glenroo, Drumlack versus Newcastle West, and Effin versus Capamore. Um, and, you know, we won't dwell on it too much, but, like, one set of results in that championship can twist it completely. Um, there's still a couple of games to play in it. There's chances for teams. They have five played. They play seven in total. So we're into the penultimate weekend. But we mentioned Capamore a while back, Matt, when they were pointless. They can actually go into the top four this weekend if they beat Effin and results other way, go their way, because they'll go ahead of them on head-to-head. So we might just start there that Capamore are slowly rising. Yeah, well, you, you, you know, at one point there, Jack, we, we made the point that it was a surprise to see Glenroo at the top. And um, it was a much bigger surprise to see, in my view, see um, uh, Capamore at the bottom. Because um, uh, apart apart from their being runners-up last year, 
Um, like uh, they, they, they have a crop of young players coming through. They, they won an under-21 championship last year and um, a lot of those players are coming through now. And um, I, I, I think it was only a matter of time as when the campaign would take off. But by God, they left it late. They, they suffered <coughs> three defeats on the bounce at the start of the campaign. Jamona Lean to Newcastle West and to Glenroe. But they've bounced back now with wins over um, Drummond Attacker and uh, Narcani. Uh, but I, I suppose that comes with a little bit of a health warning, Jack, um, that, that um, uh, they, uh, their wins have been over the bottom two. Um, but it, 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 it will be very, very interesting to see how, how they get on, on, on uh, at the weekend. Uh, against Stefan, I, I I think Effen are going to to provide Capamore with the biggest challenge they've got now since they turned the corner, and um, I saw Effen at the weekend and um, they beat them Rua and um, I I was hugely impressed with Effen. Um, I I I was very very unimpressed when I saw him in the first round against them um, against Brough, and um, they picked up their season since and and. Um, now they're on the threshold of, of, of if they beat Capamore at the weekend, they'll they'll move to eight points, and will be will be pretty sure, Jack, of 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 making it to the making it to the semi-finals. Um, I, uh, the Capamore Renaissance or a revival made ground to halt at the weekend, I think. Um, uh, I even. Um, if and more three points down to Glenroe in the uh, um, early in the second half last Sunday evening, <coughs> they had a man sent off. It was then they really started to play, and we, we, we saw them at their very, very best. And I, I would reckon it, it was probably the best 25 minutes that they have played this year. Played really, really, really well. And of course, they have that, they have that excellent finisher. Of course, in Patrick O'Donovan, um, who, who ended, you know, we've been, we've been talking at length about this guy, um, in, in on this medium, and you know, he's given us plenty to talk about. Um, like he 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 plays two games in three days, he gets twenty three points, Jack, twenty three scores. Um, the intermediate um, game against them, um, against Glenbrew, and then he turns out and. On Tuesday evening in the in the under nineteen F and he gets eleven points um for Koshley Gales in their win over Gareth Spillane. And um he, he was solely responsible as well, apart from that, for for, for the goal as he, he was the creator and uh, of, of the goal. But um uh, I, I'm getting back to F and I mean, I was digressing there a small bit. Um uh, you know, they, they, they have young players coming through and they, they have a real good strong spine to their team. Anybody that has Nicky Quaid in their team, Nicky Quaid at centre-back and your Fergal O'Connor, who was absolutely outstanding um, uh, on Sunday evening, I thought, Jack. Um, and you, you flagged it last um, earlier on this year about Fergal O'Connor and the type of performances he was turning on for, for Limerick at under-20 level, which at full-back, which were excellent. And um, he's playing midfield for Effen, and he's he's outstanding there. You've Jack Quaid at centre forward, 
Um, and of course, Patrick O'Donovan in the full forward line, and a very, very exciting young player that that I've seen coming through for Effin. Played played very well uh, against Glenru. Now a very, very young player is Yoon Dillon. That's that's a name to look out for, Yoon Dillon. And um, he he was he was outstanding in 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 the under nineteen final as well, and he he got a point for the ages, Jack. Right at the very end, when Gareth Plan had 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 reduced the margin to to two points, and he he, he just gave him that cushion cushion of three points, who actually down the whole gun into injury time. It was a fantastic point, but um, yeah, I I I have a hunch that 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 that, that the Capamore uh, revival may grind to a halt um, when when they face Seven at the weekend. Yeah, I suppose conversely then, Moline versus Knockaney and Drummond at Laka versus Newcastle West. I suppose Moline Newcastle West will be looking at a huge chance that they could put one foot in the knockout stages against the bottom two. And conversely then for Drummond Laka and Knockaney, you know they need points valuably to kind of get out of that relegation trouble. Obviously Knockaney are on a point, Drummond Laka have three by virtue of their draw at the weekend, but. You'd fancy Moneline, Newcastle West, and that will bring them to nine points. And with the you know teams playing against Cerebellum, that should be enough for them. Well, it would be enough for them. It's it's, it's an opportunity both for for Moneline and Newcastle West to seal the deal, as it were. <coughs> and um, uh, didn't we come to the Brofton Rue game? Yeah, which which will be very very interesting. A win for uh, a win for Brof will bring him level with Rue. And seven points, and um, you know, back to back defeats could could leave Glenru hanging. Now they have Drummond attack in the final round, and um, so it's go- it's going to be very very interesting. Um, now a couple of places may may be decided at the weekend, but I think that will, as as usual will go down to the wire on this one. It'll it'll go down to the very last day at both top and bottom. Because of of the relegation situation, we're not going to dig out a result and Truman attack and lose both games, then we're into a playoff situation. So nothing is cut, nothing is cut and dry yet. No, there's, there's never anything easy with the Premier Intermediate Championship in terms of calculations and things. There could be a scenario um, that you have five teams on seven points heading in. To the final round, which you know that would <laughs> I'd make it very very interesting. Then you'd have one more um, on five behind that. But again, it's a, it's another I suppose exciting weekend of Premier intermediate hurling action. Um, obviously intermediate hurling as well. You have in Group One, and we'll only go through these games, um, Matt, because we don't have much time to be talking about every grade. But as we said, but once we get into knockout rounds, we'll give every championship it, its ample time. Uh, in Group 1, Fiona versus Croom, Caroline versus Mrabor, and Napiershig versus Brewery. Napiershig are already through. Um, I saw them last uh, Thursday evening against Croom. Very, very impressive. Um, between the senior and intermediate team, they've played eight games, won eight times, um, which is a lot for the club. And looking at the table now, Brewery are on six points, Fiona are on four, Croom on three, Mrabor on two, and Caroline on one. Um, I suppose that's a very interesting tie there. Caroline versus Maru Boher um, heading into the final round. Um, if Caroline don't pick up a win, they'll be into that relegation final in their first year back in the grade. And 
you want to pop in there, Matt, do with something? Yeah, I, I was just going to say how tight is at the top. And Pierce got playing Brewery, and, and and of course, were Brewery to win it, it's Brewery will go through to the semi final and the head to head. Yeah, it's because you know, I, it's, I, I I've seen I've seen Brewery this year, and I have to say, Jack, I, I was very very impressed with him. Now the the only game they lost uh, was to Fiona. And they're, they're a pretty. They were beaten in the semi-final last year. They're 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 a pretty competent outfit, and they they have a nice mixture of experienced players and and young players coming through. And they have um, a chap by the name of Sam Cranley who is in absolute form of his life. And um, you know, if if you somebody that's going to get you scores, um, uh, the day I saw him, he scored from play, he scored from trees, he scored from the sixty-five, and he scored from a line ball. So <laughs> that's that's oh, yeah. the full end. Yeah, but of all the games that were played last weekend, Jack, the one result that stuck out a mile for me was Marubohor's win over Fiohana. I thought on form it was a banker for Fiohana. And not just the, the win, but the manner of the win was a 221 to 17, Jack. Have you looked on the graphic? Yeah, two twenty one to one seven. This 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 is um this is a Marubohor team that couldn't buy a win in in the first three rounds and looked as if if you know uh, as if they were cascading back into another relegation um, playoff. They, they you recall they were relegated from Premier Intermediate last year and when we were talking at the outset of the year we thought they were fancied to make a quick return, <coughs> but it didn't happen. But um, I saw him earlier on in the year, and um, <clears throat> I, I wasn't awfully disappointed with him. You know, I I I I, I thought they were okay, but they 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 they, they, they seemed to uh, they seemed to regress in the games after that. But they they they, they bounced back and 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 they, they beat Fiohan, and I, I think that's that set them up nicely for the final round against them. Um, yeah. Against Caroline at the weekend. Now, Fjohan and Kroom is a yeah. straight, straight knockout game. No, that's because um, Fjohan win or lose, sorry, win or draw, they're true. Kroom win, it's Kroom or true, and Fjohan are gone. Yeah, it's as, it's as simple as that, is that for those teams. Obviously, yeah. the, the, the top one goes through to semi-final and second and third go through to the quarter-finals. Um, I suppose similar to the, to the football setups. Um, and then in Group 2, Matt Crockelfini, last year's finalists, met at four in a row. They're straight into a semi-final on the opposite side of Napiershi and the other games in that group. Uh, Palace Green versus Hospital Herberstown, Kilmallock versus Granabal and Gary, and Crockelfini play Nakaderi. The state of that championship is... Granabal and Gary are, are in second place on six points. Then you've Nakaderi on four. And then you've a three-way tie between Palace Green, Hospital Herberstown and Kilmallock, um, all on two points. I suppose for Nakaderi, a win will see them uh, try and croak at the least. The same for, for Balangari. Um, you know, but if, if you were to call that. Balangari are on six there, Jack. So they go through. Yeah. Now, he, yeah. here's an... You're after breaking up with us there now. Um, you're coming in with an interesting point. Uh, I'll wait for you to come back there. But yeah, just here, uh, here's. Uh, I think the Gremlins, uh, Barry Steen came in there for a few moments, did they? 
Yeah, they did. You were just about to make an interesting point, but you were rudely cut off. <laughs> I, I was. Uh, the, the, the gremlins rudely interrupted me. Um, very, very interesting point here. Now, Nakadari play Crocodile Were they to lose, you could have a situation whereby Palace are playing Hospital Halberstam. If Palace win, they have the head-to-head on Nakadari. If Hospital Herberstone win, um, Nakadari have the head-to-head on them. And then throw into the mix where Kilmallock beat Ranabal and Gally. We could have a situation where the top class would be dis- decided on scoring difference. Yeah, <laughs> I think there's there's a lot to be said for these championships and how they're falling. Um, again, credit to the organisers that there's so much riding on these final round games. And obviously, then in, in the junior we have uh, we have twelve games, and you can see all those fixtures um, on the website on Sport Limerick website. There's a couple of teams that are already through. Caledian Group Two are guaranteed to go through, and St Kieran's and Patchesquell and Group Three and Group Four they're on hundred percent record, so they're guaranteed to go through. But there's Five more spaces up for grabs and, and two more um, relegation places, but we won't get into that, Matt, because um, we still have a nice bit to go yet uh, in the podcast. Uh, quickly on the ladies' football, we had the quarterfinals in both the senior and intermediate championships over the weekend. Uh, we had Drum Broadford, who are the Ren intermediate champions, beat Fiona Casamahan by point three seven to 2-9. That means they'll play St. Aylby's in next Wednesday's semi-final. And Ballylanders beat the Old Mill, won 10 to 6 points in repeat of last year's semi final. And that sets up a rematch of last year's final when they play Monaghan next Wednesday and then go into the intermediate championships. Ula beat Adair, won 10 to 1 8, and Nakhani beat Father Casey's, which means Nakhani versus Murbohar and Ula versus Munger St. Paul's in those semi finals. The intermediate ones are down for 25th and 26th of September. But the the semi-finals for the senior are next Wednesday, Matt. We will be recording before then, but Mona Gay versus Bellanders, obviously repeated last year's final, and St. Aylouis versus Drum Broadford, who were in their first year back in the grade. You know, it's it's interesting. Yeah, they're, they're, they're two very interesting semi-finals, and it, 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 it has been a phenomenal performance by um, Drum Broadford um, coming, coming up from intermediate um and uh, no, they, 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 they've knocked over some, some, some um, seasoned senior teams on, on, on the way. They're, they, they, they're, they're few more seasoned than Fiona Castleman, and um, who won the league earlier on, and um, who, who Drum Broadford got over at the weekend in the quarter final. And prior to that, they had, they, they had wins over, over Old Mill and St. Bridget's. So, like, they're certainly deserving their place place in the semi final, and they 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 come up against the nail B side, of course, who haven't. He's, he's since, since, there. since the last round of the group stages, um, so that'll be a very very interesting game in Mount Collins on Wednesday night. Now, in the other quarter final, Ballylanders repeated their semi final victory over. Uh, of last year um, over Old Mill, and they now face Monaghan with um, um, with a point to prove, and um, they face him in not long on Wednesday night at eight o'clock, and um, you you will recall in last year's final where um, 
um, Ballylanders, it was very, very close, but like they did suffer um, during the game in that they played uh, 40 minutes with 14 players as <coughs> they, at one stage they had two players off the field in the sin bin. They seemed to be using a, a sin bin relay. Um, and of course, um, they're, they're, they're boosted now by the return of, as I said in the previous cast, of Andrea Sullivan and Claudia McGrath, which will be and um, which will be a big, big asset to them. And um, so it, it, that that will be a very, very interesting game. So um, two uh, two very interesting semi-finals to look forward to. Yeah, and we'll be looking forward to those um, in more detail uh, next on next Wednesday's podcast. Also this weekend, um, we have the Camogie, the final round of the Senior Camogie Championship uh, in Group 1. You have Khalidi versus Kokora in a straight shootout. Um, for that second semi-final place and a hand play Capamore, a hand looking for three on the bones. Um, Capamore will finish bottom of the table um, regardless of the results, just um, with head-to-head and things. And then in Group 2, Mapirshig versus Newcastle West, who are already through. And then Bruff versus Granabal and Gary. Granabal and Gary obviously have a game one, but if Bruff win and Mapirshig lose, Bruff will go through by, um, well, they'll go ahead of them in points because they obviously uh, drew with Napiershig in the first round. Um, you know, you have Ahan and you have Newcastle West are, are home and host from the other five teams. Who will be the two to join them? Yeah, I suppose you'd have to fancy Kilidi anyway, um, as, as, yeah. as being one of the, the, the teams. And um, <coughs> that'll be fascinating because it will set up a, a repeat of the county final in the semi final because it'll be Newcastle West against Kilidi. So that'll be very, very interesting. Should it transpire? But of course, they have they have to be at Krakora first to make sure. Um, now, it's been a disappointing year before we get away from from Group 1 for, for Capamore. Um, like they, 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 they've suffered defeats and, and suffered heavy defeats, but um, they can't qualify for the A. Um, they will have to settle for the B semi-finals and um, like they, they, they will be hoping for to, to regroup um, in through the B semi-finals, and um, in the other group is fascinating. Newcastle West, as you rightly said, are true. But were they to lose to the Piercing, it 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 would it would it would mean that Granada and Galling would have to win to stay afloat in the championship. And um, uh, were Bruff and the Piercing to win, it would come down to scoring difference because head head to head can't come into play because they drew. Yeah. So uh, that 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 would be. I I I think it's slight advantage bluff there. If I'm right, um, on 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 scoring, yeah. The, yeah. So it might very well come down that if the two win, that it may depend on the margins in which they win by. So um, um, I I I don't know. I I, I said to you at the, at at at, at um, at the beginning of the year, when when we were talking about we were talking about who might um get crash into the top four, the top four being a hand, Kilidi, Newcastle West, and Granaban and Gary, I felt that Bruff had a right chance. Now they 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 put up a very very strong performance against Newcastle West in the opening round. Um, I think you may have a surprise here on this one, and I think Bruff just Bruff might just get over the line on this one. But, you know, 
Um, it's a hazardous business, Jack, um, forecasting against Granabell and Gary. Yeah, uh, you know they 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 have achieved so much. They're so experienced, um, and they, they're able to dig so deep and dig out results. Um, listen, this this may be the best chance that Prof might get to get to a semi final. Yeah, it is. It is intriguing. Um, again, final round, so much to play for. Again, credit to the organisers of competitions. Uh, I suppose before we get into our, our top ten moments, Matt, we'll have our predictions. As always, um, looking back on last week's graphic, um, I got six right. I think it might be the first time that uh, one of us got all of them right. Um, the Pearshig, Do and Kilmallock. Barry Brown, KP, Amongst St. Paul's, but you actually got more points because you correctly predicted Barry Brown to win by three. Um, it didn't look likely for large portions of the game, but there it is. You're getting closer every week. You're within four points now, um, but that's how it went last week, I suppose. Looking at potential goal scorers, we had Pluck um, in the Pierce Gatair. You said Dave Dempsey, Isolated Adrian Breen. Adrian Breen got the goals. Both wrong in the Doom Parswell game. It was Pat Ryan that got the goals. You said Dean Coleman. I said Adam English didn't even play. We both went for Shane O'Brien in the Kilmallock game, but it was Oshin O'Reilly who got off the mark there. Munger St. Paul, South Liberties. Uh, you said Paul O'Brien. I said Niall Mulcahy. It was Brian O'Mara who got the goal. Um, Bally Brown versus Gary Splann. I said Colin Cockton. You said Callum Sheehan who got the second goal, but it was it was Dylan O'Shea who got the first. And then Lion Palace Henry versus Black Rock. Uh, you said Colin O'Keefe, I said Darren O'Connell, I think it was John Chalk, got the opening goal there. So um got one, one from one from twelve isn't in great, but we'll, we'll try again just, this week. Just check if I if, if I could digress backwards just for a second, Dan. You mentioned Shane O'Brien. And um, you know, we we we've been speaking about Shane O'Brien for quite a while and um like I saw another aspect of his game um last last Friday evening in, in um in Calkindish, um, uh, in the absence of Mike Houlihan, he, he's now taking the freeze, and he stepped he stepped up to nine freeze, including a sixty five, and landed eight of them. Yeah, he's just um, he's a hard player that you just don't really get surprised by these things anymore. You're just it's more <laughs> expectation um, with Shane O'Brien, which is you know in his first year. Um, you know, you kind of take these things for granted, but like, I mean, you would not just, just phenomenal, just phenomenal. And I think, um, not to digress, I think we'll be talking about Shane later on in the podcast. But getting into our, our predictions for this weekend, man, um, again, the six games, and we'll start with Napiershig versus Ahan. Um, obviously, Napiershig or Home and Hose, Ahan will be, I suppose, between relegation and a quarter final place. They obviously need a win to. To, uh, I suppose get into the quarter final. Can you see him picking it up or? Um, I, I, I'm going from the Piercing by six. Piercing by six. Uh, I'm going to go for nah, by five. Um, goal scorer Adrian Breen was on hand last week to, to get me going, but I'm going to go with Dave Dempsey this week. But I'm going with Dave Dempsey as well. Well, I'm going to change, and if you're if you're sticking to Dave Dempsey, I'm going to go with Peter Casey. Even though I feel like some of those players. Yeah, he's not going to he's not going to disappoint three weeks in a row. 
<laughs> I think Napier should my rest players this week just by virtue of, of being true already. But yeah, um, Patrick's well versus Adair. I, I, don't know that, I, I don't know that they will for the simple reason that they, they will be conscious of the ramifications of the outcome for, for other clubs, in fairness, you know? No, but I don't think they'd do it out of like losing integrity, but they have so many good players that they can afford to rest players and performance levels will stay the same. Like from what I've seen that intermediate team, like obviously the lads weren't burned yet, you know, they could easily play senior hurling. I, I like I don't mean to offend anyone in, in, in that regard. I just have so many good players. But uh Patchwell versus Adair and Adair win would be probably enough for them to go through but um Patrick's well I'm going by Patrick's well by four. P well by four. I'm gonna go over the well by three. I think that was the result last year. And Aaron Galan, first goal scorer. Um could obviously be a Willie Griffin. You're on for Willie Griffin from Adair. Um, and then Doon versus Kilmallock in that straight shootout. Which team will get into the semi final, Matt? Kilmallock by three. Kilmallock by three. I'm going to go Doon by two points to get revenge for, I suppose, last year's semi final. Um, and obviously, Kilmallock going through the quarters last year didn't do them any harm, so I'm sure they won't really mind either way. But if you were to pick a first goal scorer, I'd go Shane O'Reilly. Shane O'Reilly, who's got the. F- well, he's got goals in every round, I think, or there, thereabouts. I'm going to go with Pat Ryan to get the first goal again. Uh, into Group 2, KP and Gary Spillane. Um, a win for I'd KP would by, be a- by five. KP by five. Do you know what? I'm going to go for a draw in this one, which will be enough for, for KP. Um, first goal scorer. We'll go Chalky again. <laughs> See, does he make it three in a row? Uh, yeah, well, no. Uh, <laughs> um, I'll go Darren O'Connell. Darren O'Connell. Um... Bally Brown versus South Liberties, Matt. I'm going Bally Brown by three. Bally by three, which would be enough for them to to go up or to go into qualifying at the least. I'm going to stay with Bally Brown as well. Bally Brown plus four. And I'm going to go with Aidan O'Connor for the first goal score. Right. Um... Had you, were you planning on Aidan O'Connor? No, um, Ross Kenny. Ross Kenny. And then Munger St. Paul's versus Black Rock, um, which, depending on the results, could be a, a dead rubber for, for both teams. Munger obviously safe and, and Black Rock relegated. I'm going to go with Munger to win this by five. I'll go by six. Munger by six. And I'm going to go with Naimo Kahi again. Pick him three weeks in a row. He'll Surely, as you as you're fucking with Ida every week, I'm gonna stay with Niall McCahey there. Um, well, go I'll, 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 I'll go Rory O'Shaughnessy. Rory O'Shaughnessy for Black Rock. Um, those are the the games in the in the senior championship, and I'll just I'll get you to just to give your opinions, I suppose, on the Premier Intermediate Championships um, before we head away today. 
So we, we spoke at length there about Effen and Glenroe. Which way do you see that going? Well, it's 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 Effen and Capamore, and I'm sorry, going Effen, for Effen. Effen and Capamore. Sorry, Effen and Capamore. Yeah, Ruff, uh, Ruff and Roo, I'm, going, I'm going for a draw. Oh yeah, I suppose you had said that. Um, I will go Effen and Capamore. I'd be siding slightly Capamore just to keep that role going. Ruff and Glenroe. I'll say Glenroe just for you there. Um, Drummond Lacken, well, Castle you're, West. You're, you're so good today, Jay. I'm very good today. You you just made my day, Jack. <laughs> Throwing it like a Newcastle. Newcastle West. Yeah, I fancy Newcastle as well. And not any Monlean. Monlean. That would be, as we said, pretty enough, much enough for both teams to uh, to get through. Really, you would imagine with yeah. them, they would take them to a magical nine points, which generally seems to be enough but um yeah those those are our predictions um for this weekend's games as always it's only for a bit of fun um and in the final round as well there's just there's other things coming to play because teams can go through and teams are already through and and things like that but um before we finish we have our, our top 10 moments from the last four years it goes to the middle of november when i would say 200 episodes episodes ago it's just under four years um, obviously a lot has happened since then there's going to be some moments that miss out again it's only for a bit of fun but just to mark 200 episodes um, because you know not a lot of things get there it's a long time and fair play to you Matt you've been there since day one uh, and you came I'd say just well into 100 episodes you would start I, this, missed, but... I missed one I think Jack uh, or two I'm not 100% sure but I'd be well, definitely we we had a stand-in, in fairness. Uh, John Kyo was in for you a few weeks ago on your well-deserved holiday. And to be fair, you had said that you'd do it, but I said, no, I'd like to give you your time off and to everyone that's contributed. And we'll, we'll get more guests on as the club championships come to an end. Don't worry about that. And we'll, we'll keep it going through the winter months. But yeah, we just said last week we'd do 10 moments um, from the last four years. Obviously, it's all-compassing Limerick GA, Limerick LGFA and the Camogie as well. But just with the hurlers being so dominant in that time, they are going to take most of the plaudits and I think that's that's fair enough to say there's some moments that are, are going to miss out on, on each of our lists I'm just looking at mine there now and try to shoehorn them in but this was one for me that Kyle Hayes' goal in 21 the Munster final doesn't make it because I wasn't there if I was there it definitely would have been in it uh, the 2020 Munster minor final Adam English had five points in the day but I suppose Liam Lynch Paddy Donovan Eaton Hurley Shane O'Brien these boys are seen now are playing and it was nice to see them and an underage level to show how good they were, but again, that doesn't make it for me. There'll be a lot of um, missed ones. Is there any off the top of your head, Matt, that just didn't make it, that you just couldn't slot in? Or... Uh, no, not not really. You know, I, I agree with you totally. Um, um, it, this, this, the podcast has been running concurrent with, you know, what we spoke about earlier. Um, uh, you know, an unprecedented... Um, a spell of success for Limerick Hurlers. And um, when, when we're looking back on the special moments, I, I, I think, Jack, we, we, we can be forgiven for thinking, you know, um, for um, selecting many of those moments. And that, 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 there, there are so many, like, because, like, if you want to go down to individual moments, individual bits of brilliance, um, you'd easily fill a hundred. But I, I went for sort of occasions and achievements 
and um, as you'll see now when 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 we will be um, and um, I, I will give the rationale behind why, why I felt that they were you know there were special moments and special achievements um but like we have to be forgiven and we have to be understood Jack um for it being dominated with with um, with with the achievements of the Limerick hurling team yeah i think it, i think it's only fair just of how good they they have been and there are other things that make the list but they just played us with so many memories and all our final days are just so special and so are Munster finals and thank god the footballers are there this year as well with the, the hurlers have completed four in a row in that regard um i'll get you to kick off matt and look again these aren't in order it's not it's not a, a one to ten it's just ten so i'll let you start where you want well to one, of the, one of the ones i have down here jack is the second half uh of the Munster final in 2021 when limerick looked down and out at halftime against tipperary and um you know that that special twenty minutes that that they played that turned it right around by the second water by the second half water breaking, and particularly highlighted by the Kyle Hayes goal, uh, that that particular day, that that to me is was a very very special moment or a special thirty five moments, um, whatever way you like to look at it, but to me that was very 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 special. Yeah, I suppose it completed a three in a row, which has become four in a row as well. But I think there was a lot there. It was the first time that there was, you know, a, a decent crowd at a game in a while. I think it was at 7,000 on the day. You had the sunshine. It was a scorching day. And for, you know, Kyle, I suppose, to have the energy with the whole team, you know, as you said, it turned in, in the space of water break, even less than 20 minutes. Um, they get one eleven or something in that time at... Um, and I, I'm prefacing this with a moment that'll come down the line. But was it the best, I suppose, performance over a short period that you've ever seen, or was it you sort later in the year? Well, it was. It was. You, 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 might, be second, you might be second guessing me uh, on, on on that one, um, and I'll come to that later. But I'll tell you, it ranks up there with one of the really, really great, great performances, because. And um, you know, Tipperary was so dominant in, in the first half, and particularly Jason Ford, like who could do no wrong, like he could nearly literally hit the ball towards towards his own goal and to go over the Limerick bar, you know. But um, yeah, it, it that 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 to me was very 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 special because um, the pessimist in me had thrown in the towel, you know. Um, <laughs> Such well, you know, you were down what 10, 11, 12 points, and um, the way Tipperary were playing, I, I couldn't see it being turned around, but by God, it was. Yeah, it definitely turned around. Um, I suppose I'm for my first one, I'm gonna stick with the, the Tipperary in a Munster final, and I'm gonna go for 2019. Um, again, a brilliant day in the Gaelic grounds, it was Limerick's first Munster final win. In six years, which I suppose at the time wasn't that much of a drought, Matt. The way things have gone now, it's a huge drought. But again, the day that was in it, it was on in the Gaelic grounds. Um, Limerick had lost to Tipperary not too long ago. I think it was maybe a fortnight beforehand in Semple Stadium. It was uh, Liam Sheedy's first year in charge. You know, it seemed to all be behind Tip and Limerick 226 to 214. Huge win in the Munster final. 12 points against Tipperary, like that doesn't come around very often. But again, Kyle got a goal on the day. 
the the other goal. I'm struggling to think who got the other goal. You might help me out there if you can remember it. But Nicky Quaid, I remember, made a point blank save on Shane McCallanan, who had got a goal in the first half as well. It was Peter Casey who got the other goal. Aaron Glenn flicked it across. But I think that made Limerick hold um, All Ireland League and Munster Championships at the same time. It was kind of. We knew that Limerick were the dominant team in the country, but it really solidified it. And, you know, I could really say Limerick are the best team in the country. And for the first time in my life, even though they won in All-Ireland, Galway were still probably the team to beat early in, in 2019. You know, you could say that Limerick are, are the best team in the country. And that game solidified it. And for me, you know, right up there with all the performances, you mentioned Tip in 2021, um, Cork 2021, Kilkenny this year, you know, Clare's, a lot of brilliant performances, but I think this was really the first really dominant championship win against a top tier team. And we've seen they've they haven't lost in Munster since in a, in a knockout game. Um, that's my first moment. Have we gone to your second there? My second, then you 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 have touched on it there a while ago. Um, would be the first half of the twenty twenty one All Ireland final when Mike scored three eighteen. Um, which is which would be enough to win most games, rather than get three eighty in Jack in 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 thirty five minutes, just just simply incredible. But um, got three goals of of real real quality, and can we can we ever forget the the the, the performance of 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 Keen Lynch and the build up to those goals? Um, absolutely simply phenomenal. It's it's um. I, I never thought I would see a Limerick team re- reach such dizzy heights. And to choose All-Ireland final day for it made it extra so special. Absolutely. And against Cork. Um, <laughs> even, made it more, even made it more special. And um, um, I, 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 I think that would rank up with the great, uh, probably the greatest All-Ireland performance of all time. Yeah, I think it's fair to say that broke records for for points scored in the first half, points scored overall, most points in a in a game. I think between the two teams, um, I have a moment from that game. Grod Hegarty's goal after a minute and a half, you know, it kind of in, encapsulated the game straight away. Limerick were right to the boil. Keen Lynch, like to create that space, he did. You know, a little flick. You know, he's man the match obviously. And Grod Hegarty firing to net the first of two goals, but it was kind of the eruption. When Hegarty scored, you know, it was the first time we had a, a I said a decent crowd Munster final. We had forty thousand in Crow Park. You know, it was the first time you, you were surrounded by a lot of people at a match in a in a long, long time, you know, the over eighteen months. Just kind of it all came together and when Garod scored that goal, like the roar, even now giving me goosebumps talking about it, just and as you said there, what they achieved over the course of the half as a whole, you know. Really special, really special times, and obviously Garod Hegarty has has made a point of showing up on on All Ireland final day, and this is a picture from this year's final. But I think I'm looking for his goal against Cork. It wasn't as good, don't get me wrong, but you know, just special, special moments. Um, I'll I'll go back to you there for for number three. Number three, Jack. I, I I've switched over to the big ball code. And Limerick winning promotion and um, being Crown Division 4 champions with a win, win in Makovic Park in Sligo. I thought it was, was, was a phenomenal achievement. 
for a couple of reasons. First of all, um, Makovich Park had been the graveyard of Limerick Hopes for so many times prior to that. And above all, I, 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 I think just to put the, put the achievement in perspective, um, it, 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 it was achieved um, when you think of where Limerick had come from. A couple of years earlier, Limerick had peaked up three points in the league, Jack, from a draw with London and a win over Waterford. And it, it, it was a sense of um, where Limerick had come from and where Billy Lee is man and his management team had brought Limerick and sort of brought him to the promised land, if you will, if you like, because certainly the expectations in Limerick football and that at that particular time um, were very, very modest. And um, like they did win the McGrath Cup earlier in the year, but they, 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 they confirmed that, that 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 kind of form. They translated it into the league and won promotion um, to division to Division Three, which you know, to me, it was a giant step at the time, and the way it was achieved, um, I, I, I think, um, I, I regard it as a special moment, and you're probably not surprised that I've said that because I've said it a number of times, um, in in the podcast already, <coughs> and of course, the rest is history. We we know what has happened since, um, and um, uh, you know, for the promotion to Division Two, Division Two for next year, but. That, that that would would be a stand one of one of the standout moments during the life of the podcast for me. Yeah, and I'll go with the the twenty twenty two promotion. Um, and you rightly say like that twenty twenty one. You know, it didn't kickstart the journey because I think the McGrath Cup might have, but you know, uh, I wasn't there as I said in in Marketers Park. It was during the, the lockdown and all that. But I'm gone for this year's promotion, beating for in, in the Gaelic Grounds and. You know, again, a brilliant display by Billy Lee's men and, you know, Robbie Burke had saved it a week earlier with the, the win in Leash to bring it to the final day and Limerick knew a win would be enough and, you know, a really composed performance like the one in Markovich Park was that they were very confident in their own ability, never got ahead of themselves with promotion on the line and I think afterwards to be able to go on to Caelic Grounds field, obviously the support for the footballers isn't isn't as big as the hurlers Um but it's a very, you know, tight-knit community. It's, you know, you, you know so many people and to be out in the field surrounded by the players and see them celebrating and to see Billy, you know, get a second promotion in two years, in three years, you know, it was, you know, a really nice moment for Limerick football and, you know, one that we can start to have more. That's two in a number of years and obviously a Munster final as well, which we'll get to, you know. So I'm going to go for that second promotion. But, you know, enjoyable in different ways. I think the Markfish Park one was, you know, it would, it would have kick-started, as I said. This one was kind of further affirmation that they're really going in the right in the right direction. Um, I'll move on to my next one. And from this year, I'm going to go with Declan Hannon's point in the 2022 Munster final against Clare. Ultimately, didn't win the game, but, you know, Declan Hannon has been such an integral part of Limerick. Captain four in a row. You know, not a week goes by we don't mention him, and he's just been, you know, alongside John Kiley, the face of this revolution of Limerick hurling. He's just a supremely talented hurler, first and foremost, such an eloquent speaker, the leader of this team. But I think his talent kind of goes under the radar sometimes because of how good he is off the field as the Limerick captain. But 
that score game in the melting pot, a surreal experience blow in like a cauldron in Semple Stadium against Clare. You know, a throwback to the great Munster finals against Clare in the 90s and Hannon to launch one over from 100 yards. We had to wait a bit longer for him to make his speech because of Tony Kelly, so Rox the other side. But I think it would be remiss to, to go without mentioning Declan Hannon. So for me, that's one of the best moments from the last four years, his score against yeah. Clare. Yeah, I agree. I, I, absolutely fantastic. And I agree with your analysis of, of Declan Hannon because um, he's, he's such a good player and he, he makes it all look so easy. Um, and like, you, you know, we, we talk about um, the input of players into teams and, and what have you, you know. Sadly, we won't realise, I think some people won't realise how actually good Declan Hannon is until Declan Hannon has hung up his boots. Yeah. He, he's, until we go about replacing him because um, he, he's he's a centre-back for the ages. He's a captain for the ages. Absolutely fantastic. I, I couldn't agree more with you, but as you you were more leaning towards individual moments, whilst I went more towards occasions, as you can see, but I... I just want to endorse everything that you said about Declan Hannon and more. Yeah, um, I've I've a few like I've a few that are individual and a few that are team, but I get your fourth one there. Yeah, my fourth one is that like in in the sixties, Jack, we we were on a diet of um, Limerick CBS um, uh, reaching All Ireland Colleges finals and winning All Ireland Colleges finals, and it looked as if that was something that was a thing of the past um, for Limerick. Until this year, um, after a few close, um, you know, flirtations with making the breakthrough, Art Skullrish with a fine team, despite losing the the Hearty Cup final to St Joseph's from Tulla, um, regrouped and won the All Ireland. And for for me, it was it was it 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 it, it was a very very special occasion because um, uh, it, it 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 was a team that will 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 have you know. Um, the 66 team of CBS, you know, fed into the All-Ireland um, success of 1973. And, um, like, some excellent players, and you you, you mentioned um, Shane O'Brien there earlier, and you, you, you've Keen Scully, and we spoke earlier about Mikey Gavin. They, they were all part of that team. And um, JJ Carey, I think he made his Napierce debut at the weekend. So you know, I, to me, it was a special moment that that um, fifty six years on from the previous success, that that, that the Crow Cup was was returning to Limerick, and <coughs> to me, it, it 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 has been one of the highlights of of the last four years. Yeah, no doubt. Um, it's yeah, know we've mentioned as you said so many of those boys in the podcast even alone today that they're. You know they're the they're the future of Limerick hurling, and it's great to see a Limerick College you know do so well. And Arts Reach, to be fair, have been the backbone of that Limerick team. You know, was it eleven from Arts Reach were on the twenty eighteen team? You know, and there's a huge influence coming through. So uh, credit to them. Um, I get you to go on to your fifth one there while you're at it. My fifth one is very very hard to pin down, but I, I will give you the rationale behind it. Um, when I was in the Limerick dressing room in Croke Park in 2018, Jack, which predated the podcast, um, I got a message on my phone that Martina McMahon had won the World Championship. <coughs> had, had, had... 
you might start that again there because uh, you blanked out there. You got a message from your phone during the All Ireland or after the All Ireland. Yeah, just one second now, Jack. I was changing something here, but I, I think I know where you're, where you're going with this. Um, and you go there, you were in the dressing room. Yeah, I was in the in, in the Limerick dressing room in Croke Park, and I got a message on my phone that Martina McMahon had won the All Ireland. Now I know that predates um uh, predates the um the podcast, but um what what Martina McMahon has achieved since I I, I think Jack you you know to me is special, and um as 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 late as a week ago when she won the the the, the, the All Ireland softball singles and became just the third person to win it five times. Um, you know, she has broken so many barriers in handball over the years. Um, it's just simply simply incredible. She, she's, she's one of Limerick's greatest ever sports people, Jack. And, and uh, the, the, the sad thing about it is that, that her career and um, her career at the top is running concurrent with the with, with the achievements of of of, of, um, of the Limerick senior hurling team, and it, it, it you know it, it, it's sort of getting lost in it. But um, I I I think it's only right that we should note what the achievements of Martina McMahon have been over 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 the um, over the four years. And to me, they they are special, and none more special than when she joined that 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 elite club last couple of weeks ago. Of be just becoming the third women woman to win five in a row, five um, softball singles, All Ireland softball singles with um, along with Katrina Casey and and Bernie Hennessy of Limerick, and um, you know we would be we going forward. We would certainly hope that come twelve months time, Martina McMahon will be the only one in six, and she, she's quite capable of. But um, she's been dogged by injury. She's been dogged by the pandemic. But you know. What she has achieved in, in in handball is absolutely phenomenal, and 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 to me, Jack, that is one of the highlights of the of of our period doing 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 the podcast. Yeah, I couldn't say it better myself. She's been you know a real role model for Limerick, you know, as the best handball player in the country. You know, it's hard. Individual sports are very very difficult because you've no one to fall back on if if it's not your day, but. She's just uh, high consistency, like the Limerick Hurlers, to be fair to her. Um, for my fifth one, and I actually didn't have it in my list that I told you before we went on, I had Aaron Galan's goal against Waterford in 2019 league final, but I've actually switched it out um, for the 2020 All-Ireland final. You know, I suppose it was a strange day for us all. Um, behind closed doors in Grove Park, I wasn't there myself, I wasn't working, so I wasn't one of the privileged few. They got in there with theirs, Seamus Flanagan, um, celebrating. But it's really surreal thinking back that, you know, I watched Limerick and All Ireland final um, in the lock, you know, with, with a group of my friends with our Limerick jerseys on. You know, it's unforgettable in a way. Obviously, you wouldn't ever like to do it again. But I think it's, you know, it's important to remember that that period we went through, that the Limerick hurlers were a shining beacon in, in that time. And it was, you know, December. But it was it was a brilliant day all the all the same to celebrate those lads and I think it was special for them to be able to celebrate themselves so I think it's important maybe to get that in there so that's that's my fifth one that I, that I've squeezed in there the 2020 All Ireland final um, and I suppose moving on from that then completely contrasting my sixth one 
is the pre-match parade for this year's All Ireland Final 2022. I just thought the noise levels was. I don't know. I've, I've never experienced noise like it. Even 2018, you know, when you're the full house in Limerick's first All Ireland in 11 years, this year's parade was just. I thought the ear, the ears are going to blow off me. I couldn't even speak to the people beside me, like just saying how loud it was. It was just incredible. Again, Goosebumps talking about it now. Um, I think we. Obviously, the semi-final had a huge crowd, maybe 50,000, and the previous All-Ireland had 40, and, you know, the Munster final had a fair crowd as well. But this was, you know, full house, All-Ireland final day. Everyone just simply focused on the hurling. There was no outside interference for the first time in a few years. And as the team walked around, just, I like, if I had a roof, you know, it's cliche to say it would have came off. So, yeah, the parade for this year's All-Ireland final is definitely up there for me. Yeah, I agree with you, and, and you know it, it. It was special to be part of it, but um, you know at that stage you're so tense with the game coming up, and you're just wondering what what's going to transpire. <laughs> and let's let's you be saying to yourself, let's hope this is the parade to glory, you know. Um, but Jack, you are right, absolutely. It, it was a, it was an extra special moment. Yeah. It's just- I, like, I'll, I'll never ever forget that moment as long as I live and hopefully we'll have more of the same uh, next year but we won't get too greedy um, your next one my next one is I, I, I'm on the same team and I'm on the same day as you um, in, in, um, in, in 2022 what was very very special to me was of course the All-Ireland final um, but in particular um, winning the All-Ireland final and beating Kilkenny, but more so, Jack, Limerick winning three in a row. Yeah. Like, um, uh, like we, we, we'd never won back-to-back All-Ireland titles until we won it in 2021. So, like, it was the first opportunity that we got to win three in a row. By God, did we grasp it with both hands. And to beat Kilkenny was very, very special because... As much as Limerick had achieved before this year's All-Ireland final, there was a narrative going around um, when talking about great teams and good teams and great All-Ireland winners that they'd never beaten Kilkenny. That that ghost has now been laid and that has been put to bed. Limerick have won three in a row and beaten Kilkenny to do so. To me, a very, very special moment. Yeah, and they've beaten everyone as well. You know, you know, Kilkenny were that last team, as you said, to beat. They've beat everyone. Um, and I don't like the overriding impression I got from this year's All final is they're not done. You know, as if it, it, it like they will try as hard as they've tried over the last four years to keep this thing going over the last five years. I suppose six really considered John's first year. And you know, the sky is the limit for this team. They're there already, but they they plan on staying there. You know, long way at last, as I said. But yeah, really special. Especially because 19 was so low after losing to Kilkenny that we had waited so long to play him again. And if you'd lost again, you know, those doubters or naysayers would have had loads more fuel to the fire. But no, this Slimmer team were, refused to stay down and, and got the win and made a three in a row. Just so many things from that game, as you, as you said. Um, I'm going to move on to football for my next two. Um, and I'll start with... Uh, Beating Clare on penalties in NSR this year. Um, I know I said I haven't gone for ones that I wasn't at, but I was <laughs> I was in hospital the day before, so I wasn't going to make it just with my back. But 
listen to on the radio and thank God one of the lads um, FaceTime me for the penalties. But Clare had been such a bogey team for, for Limerick and there was a clear path this year, Tom Munster final, and we'll get to that. But Clare had been a bogey team and Clare went on to, to reach a quarterfinal this year, you know, it has to be said. But, you know, the drama, just listening to on the radio made it that bit more special than ringing the lads, as I said. And just to get over the line, they looked dead and buried till Robbie Burke came on and got that free to equalise and then Clare did the same to send it the extra time and I suppose losing to tip in 2020 and obviously at this point against Clare the, or Cork the previous year to beat Clare after losing five in a row I think against Clare over the last decade I thought that was really special so that's my seventh yeah I'd agree with you it was I, I didn't include it in mine but it was to me it was a very 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 special moment um <coughs> I suppose being from Limerick to beat Clare in anything is is special um but, but, but to beat him in the football championship down in their own backyard and in the circumstances in which they were beaten, it was it was like it, it, it showed the type of resilience um, um, that 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 Billy Lee had inculcated into his team, and um, it, it showed that the winning promotion as well was was no fluke, that they were able to translate it into the championship and and dug out what to me you know was was a really really landmark victory. Yeah, and I suppose I'll go on to my number eight because it's on the same team, but I thought it had to be included as well. Beating Tipperary the following day in the Munster Championship quarterfinal. Again, very similar to what I said about the Fermanagh game, just to have that group of people on the field in Thurless after the game. Um, obviously, lads from Ballystine on the team, you know, it makes a huge difference. But there was a lot of us went down to see the game, you know, um, maybe 15 or 20 of us, and just to finally get over that line and get back to the Munster final. Like, I mean, the Munster final in 2010 was a brilliant day for me. You know, football was way at the time in the in the county. And, you know, they always say it when you're younger, what, I was 14, that I was like, you know, I'll, I'll get loads of these Munster final days. And you realise as you get older that they're, you know, very special and few and far between. So to realise there and then we're going back to the Munster final, who cares if it's Kerry, you know, great sense of community on the field in Turles after the game. So I'm going to put that in as my eight moment. Um but real special days for the Limerick footballer this year. I know I have three from this year in there, but it's you know it, it's three reflecting on a, on a on a grander scheme of things since Billy went in, you know, and hopefully it can continue um, with with the new manager, whoever that may be. But yeah, I'm going to go with beating Clare at number seven and beating Tip at, at number eight. If you want to give me two back to back there, yeah, it 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 it, it was absolutely excellent. Um, yeah, uh, my next one was 2021 and. Um, 15 Limerick players being nominated for All-Stars. There's a lot now when you were talking about All-Stars. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah, it does, it does Jack. Um, and um, we're getting 12 All-Stars now, right? Tim, which was a record. Um, it, it, it was very special, but of course it was tempered with disappointment. Um, we didn't get 15 because... Um, like the three that were left out, there was absolutely no justification for leaving them out. But it is what it is. Um, but to me, it was very, very special. I, I, you know, it was, it, it was, it was a record haul of all stars. But it, 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 you know, for me, it was, it was recognition from on high, as it were, of what Limerick had achieved. Um, and it gave you a sense of. The absolute strength and of of this Limerick team and and, and Limerick squad, and and um, 
when the 12 were announced, was you know, you know, my views and those that were left out. Um, it, it, it was very, very special that we. It, 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 it is something that will never, it, it will never be emulated, will never be surpassed. That, that no. the county would get twelve world stars. And just on that point, because I know I mentioned Declan Hannan and Claude Hegarty and stuff, but King Lynch was obviously named Hurler of the Year at the end of that year, 2021. Like, you know, he's been a real backbone of Limerick. He was obviously there in 2013 when Limerick won that Munster final, their first in over nearly 30 years, I think. Well, it was 28 years, I think. Um, obviously, mm-hmm. with Arts as well, with the 21s going on to win the Hurler here in 2018. Like, you know, Keane Lynch has been a real figurehead in this whole Limerick revival and best look again with his injury. But how would you compare his 2021 to any of the great years that we've ever seen? The likes of Brian Whelan and Henry Shefflin and, and Tommy Walsh and these boys. Like, uh, for me, it's the best year of Ireland I've ever seen from anyone. You know, he was just incredible well, all I, year. Absolutely. Um, I, I haven't a doubt on that, even, not even the slightest doubt, Jack. You know what my views on Cain Lynch are. Yeah. You know, and you know where I where I re, um um where 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 I rate him um in, in, in the galaxy of falling stars, um absolutely number one. And uh, I'm t- I, I've 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 been say I've been saying that to me Cain Lynch must be the greatest holder that ever played the game. And um I, I, I stand over that and um but for that reason, you know what he achieves um, just does not surprise me because you know he just he's just very very special. We we, we should enjoy him, you know, and oh, yeah. um, you know to, to think to think that we won an All Ireland without him, you know, gives gives you a sense of how strong the the, the Slimerick squad is. And, and um, yeah, look, I I I have said my bit on that. And, um, my views are well known, and so well, you know, some you know something, Jack. I sometimes get criticised for it, but um, I'll take it on the chin. Um, very, very seldom now. There's yeah. an awful lot. There, there, there's uh, an overwhelming majority agree with me, um, but um, the, you know, you come down to the people that disagree with everything. Well, yeah. uh, yeah. you're, you're not going to get your <laughs> look. The, the thing with Keane is... We're into that territory now, you know. Keane has a lot of years to, I suppose, further solidify his, his status as not only one of the greats, but potentially the greatest. But uh, going on to your eighth... But Jack, when you're talking about Keane, we, we won't go away from him for a minute. You know, he, he's a role model in so many ways. He, he's a role model in so many ways. The way, the way he, you know, the way he carries himself, what he does, you know... Around the county, um, you know, he's he's just a phenomenal young man, as well as being a phenomenal hurler. Yeah, he's he's got it all going for him. In fairness, and yeah, he's second down on on the field. Your eighth moment there, Matt. I'm going. In my eighth moment has been very very recently, Jack. I honestly thought of that. you were there, Jack. It was an absolute mm. privilege to be in Ballygrand last Saturday. And to see Kyle Hayes scoring ten points for Clare, I think it was an absolutely it, it. You know, it's been so much spoken about during the week and since, and people sort of in disbelief. You no, know, could 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 a hurler actually do it over over um, sixty minutes? But by God, we witnessed it. And you know, it, he, he, 
They were all from clay. They were all of varying quality, of high quality scores, some absolutely phenomenal scores. Um, and um, <coughs> to me, it was a privilege to be there. And it, I know it's only seven days ago, less than seven days ago, five days ago, six days ago. It was one of the highlights of the last four years to me, Jack. That, yeah. that uh, to, see, to see a player, you know, to do what he did last weekend, I, I think it was just magnificent. Yeah, we were watching, and after a while, you just kind of you start to laugh because there's no words for, for what Kyle is doing after a while. And, like, you know, you, you might refer to him, like I sometimes refer to him as a monster. I mean, that the nicest possible way. But, I mean, you know, if he wants to, he will destroy any defence in Limerick. He's just that good. And he, he looked to be in the in the groove very early on. They were kind of marking him three on one against Black Rock. But when when you're one as Kyle Hayes, more more often than not, you're gonna gonna get the ball and he just flawless to play. And he had a, a brilliant shot and goal saved as well. Like it could have been one ten from play, but you know, I've never seen someone getting double digits from play. Um, and Kyle, I still think he's more of a defender, which is kind of the scary thing about it all. But yeah, it was one for the ages, Matt. One you'll say, you know, I was there when he when he got those those ten points. Um, flawless. You know, I, 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 those around me, I had to check with him a couple of times. You no, know, was was what was unfolding in front of us for real? You know, it, it was so special, Jack. You know. You'll be a long time around this game now. I'm on the uh, I'm on the exit lounge, but um, uh, the departures lounge, whatever you like to call it. But I, I, I tell you, I don't think you'll ever see that feat emulated. And which is just 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 the work and the doing of a very very special player. It it, it was magnificent now to watch. Yeah, it was brilliant. It, and, you know, it made we my have... weekend absolutely yeah. when I. When I saw people doing things on social media about it and all that stuff, it adds in my own mind, you know, it was a privilege to be there and to, and, and to see this with our own eyes and see it unfold in front of us as hard and all as to us to believe. But, you know, you know it, an, an incredible achievement. Yeah, we have been blessed even over the last 12 months with some individual performances. I won't get into all of them, but even Paddy Donovan last year intermediate semi-final and final scored all around him. Oshin O'Reilly... Last year, got seven from play, um, and I, I think he got a goal in the final. I think he got six the following week. Graham Kelly got seven points in the final last year. You know, we've, we've seen great feats of scoring, but um, Kyle's ten, <laughs> perfect ten, as I, as I like to call it. But my ninth moment stays with um, Lion Palace, with Lion Palace, Kenry, and their game with Munger St. Paul's in August of 2020, um, back in, back in like. Ever outside of um, the game, which was brilliant, it was such a spectacle, and I think it was right off again. They got the, the late winner for Munger St. Paul's, but to be back at a game, at you know, after I suppose in February it, it kind of ground to a halt, or maybe March, but we'd spent all summer, you know, we were locked in our our, our rooms and in our homes for weeks and weeks, and. We weren't able to see our friends for that long and we weren't able to go to matches, something we'd become so accustomed to. And to finally arrive back, back in Carina, there might have been 200, 300 people because there was a limit on people. I was one of the lucky few to get in there. To get back to the club action was really special. A brilliant game. Um, two teams that I, I know well and know that I have a lot of friends on both teams, so it was nice to see that as well. But, you know, to get back to the games... 
for me, and it was happened to be Kilayan Palestinian versus Munger St. Paul's was a, was a special moment. Yeah, I agree. That, that, I wasn't at the game now, but it it it, it it's an abs <coughs> by all accounts an absolutely memorable game, and um, you know, um, a very it really befitted people being back at games again. So it was, you know, but. Um, we, we've, we've spoken about Kildama Palestine and, and, and their progression, and um, certainly they have they have been involved and they they have been quite involved in this podcast today for different reasons, um, and rightly so. Mm. But that that was a that was a very very special day, Jack. Yeah, and I suppose I don't know if you wanted to leave it till number ten, but I know it was a special day for you in this list somewhere. Are you leaving it for ten? Are you? <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I'm, I'm giving it number nine now because um, um, it was especially. Um, forgive me now for being parochial and for, forgive me for being a bit personal, but um, and and I shed a tear when the final whistle was blown by 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 Mike uh, Sexton in Kilmallock in 2019 when Glenroe had won the county intermediate championship, um, because um, for Glenroe, um. In the lead up to winning the county championship that year, they they had been involved in semi-finals for a number of years and couldn't get over the hump. And then when they got over the hump of semi-final in 2017, they were beaten by Kildaimo Palace Kenry. And um at last they had they had got their hands on it. But Jack, it 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 it, it, it was a competition that absolutely frustrated them through. It, it it was their sixth appearance in a final. They they had they had lost in 75, 76, 77, um, 2005, uh, 2017. And here at last, um, they had got over the line in it. And I, I, I was really very involved at one stage um in, in 70, 75, 76, and 77. I was chairman of the club during those years. And we 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 we'd been so close in those three three years to to, to Mungret and um, to um, Fedemore and to Drummond at and just couldn't get over the line. The same against Granada Ballingarry in two thousand and five, much the same against Kildare Palace Kenry in twenty seventeen. But at last that day had had come, and uh, I I was absolutely I was moved to tears, and I, I don't normally shed tears of of, of victory, but. Um, <laughs> it, it it was it was a special it was a special moment for me during during um during the last four years, Jack. Yeah, well, uh, I tell you, if Palestine won a county, it would definitely be on this list. And even though we're not ranking them one to ten, it would have been number one. I think people would have known that. But yeah, look, it was it was great to see for you for Glenru and you know they they've been there thereabouts for as you said so long. So to eventually get over the line, like you know, everyone loves a story like that that a team just keep going. And eventually get over the line. You talk about crying tears of joy after a game, and for me, my final moment was when Dreams played at the end of this year's All Ireland final. And I think Dreams has become synonymous with with this Limerick team. And we had Declan Hannan and Keen Lynch go up and lift the Lee McCarthy for the third year in a row. And you know that looking at that never ever gets old. But for me, in twenty eighteen, it, it was so emotional um, just to see like outpouring of um fans and in 2022 just dreams kind of brings it all together and it brings it full circle so for me when that played 
there was more tears of joy, even though it's probably 20 minutes after the final whistle. Um, the players are coming towards the hill, and, and that's where I watched the game. And, you know, just to hear Dolores Reardon song play, um, just a really beautiful moment. And for me, that caps off the, the 10 moments. Uh, and for your finale. Yeah, yeah, we really dreams and the fulfillment of dreams that we thought would never be fulfilled. <clears throat> My final moment, I don't know how I'll put it, Jack. It's it's not a moment. It's a very, very long moment. Um, but like these, these have been very, very special times um, for Limerick. Um, four All-Islands in five years, two national leagues, four, um, um, four monster titles in a row, one or two monster senior cups, you know, and the mastermind behind it all, Jack, the man that has put it all together, he's put the backroom team together, they in turn with him have put the squad together, and they've given us endless joy, you know, I... I, I just couldn't pick out any any particular moment, but I still couldn't pick out, you know, a highlight of of um, of the four years that we've been doing the podcast. Um, if I didn't select John Kiley, as yeah. who has been absolutely, absolutely incredible, I think his record speaks for himself. What an number! What he has achieved for Limerick. The way he, the way himself, his management team, and his squad of players have lifted the morale of this county. How he carries himself as a man. What an ambassador for the game of hurling, Jack. What an ambassador for our wonderful county of Limerick, John Kiley. Yeah, as a figurehead of the Limerick hurling team and Limerick hurling in the county, there's no one better. And as I said, an ambassador. There's no one else who'd rather have and. You know, we've been so lucky with the managers we've had in place. And John Kiley is, is the best at what he does in the country. I don't think there's any doubt in that. And he's he's brought in the best backroom team and he he's the best players. And he's trained a lot of them underage. You know, he didn't just inherit them in 2017. He had them in 15, winning a first All-Ireland for the county in 13 years. And what he's done since then, as you said, speaks for itself. And I think well, he's, he, he, he's officially the, the second most successful manager in the history of the game behind Brian Cody. You know, he's a bit bit to go to catch up with Brian Cody in terms of success, <coughs> in terms of All-Ireland. All-Ireland. But he, he is the top manager of the modern era because he has won. The game has evolved over the years and evolved at a greater pace in the last couple of years. And John Kiley has been one of the catalysts for the evolution of the game, of bringing the game to a new level. And he's certainly the most successful manager of the generation. Yeah, it just I think it's a fitting to, to finish this when we're looking back on the memories of the last four or so years to, to finish with John Kiley, who has you know, been, I suppose, the, the, the spearhead for, for a lot of those memories. Um, again, a huge thank you to everyone listening today and that has listened over the last few years and has interacted with us and bared with us um, when, we're, when we're giving our takes and our predictions and so often so wrong. And a huge thank you to you, Matt, for always being there and always having your knowledge. It's incredible off the top of your head what you what you can do with re- regards results or fixtures coming up or results from years gone by. Um, you know, it's been a privilege and it's... It's only the start. Well, it's at the start. It's two hundred in, but it's it's nowhere near the end. So I think it's it's fitting to to leave it there. Um, 
you might have your say and we, we can call it a day then because we're closing in two hours for the first time in a long time. So thank you to everyone that has, has bared with us today. Yeah, thank, thank Jack for your forbearance with me with me all, all over the time and and your forbearance particularly when when you prompt me, let me I add into rents, you know, <laughs> and, and I... Uh, I, I, I think you 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 have actually perfected the art of writing O'Callaghan. You know you you have you 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 know those touchy subjects. But I didn't go down the road today when I spoke about the All Stars. But we will be we we will be talking about the All Stars shortly, and yeah, um, I I, I, I would be having my I would be having my say pre the announcement, and I have no doubt I'll be having my say post the announcement. Yeah, I think when you say prompt you in, into into I suppose a rent, the prompt could be as as simple as one word or two words as you said they were all stars. But yeah, no, look, it's it's been a privilege for the last two hundred episodes, and here here's two hundred more. So again, a huge thank you to everyone listening past and today. And I suppose we'll finish as always with our our intro and our outro. But I think after our memories today, that'll need an upgrade for the new year. But for now, thank you to you, Matt, and thank you to everyone for listening. We'll be in touch soon. Thank you. Thank you very much. Especially again, we get all with what you put in. It's like a walk of life. If you're good enough, go and get it, no more about it. But not so much control in the centre of the field from Kilkenny as Richie Bennett sends it high and over the bar. Your mother sends you down to the shop for pounds worth of goods and she gives you 50 pence. You can't get the pounds worth of goods, can you? Let me spend out there from the war court today. No more about him. Made all the run. That was it. Put the ball over the barrel. The fact that that's it. No ifs, no buts. No sympathy in this game for anybody. 